Here we go. Yeah. Feline Fox, this is my intro music now for the rest. Until uh, somebody says anything, Feline Fox out of uh, El Paso, Texas. Look him up on Instagram. Feline Fox, I think it's a duo. It's a two-man group. Like, uh, was that H? What was the name of that group out of Chicago? It's just a two-man group. I mean, anyway. So, Fidon Fox out of El Paso, Texas. Uh, anyway, so we're back. We're waiting on my guest, Dominic Agurta. We got the times mixed up. He's in Switzerland. I'm obviously here in Indiana, Indianapolis, and we got our times mixed up. Either way, waiting on him to click in. Until then, a little bit about Dominic Agurta. Dominic Agurta is from uh, Switzerland, part of the Swiss Mafia. Uh, it's him, Thomas Luthi, uh, Randy Krumenacher. They're all uh, Swiss riders. And uh, they got they call it the Swiss Mafia, but I mean they're from Switzerland. I mean, how badass can they be? I mean, what are they gonna do? Like give you some cheese and chop you up with a with a, with a Swiss Army knife? I mean, they're nice guys. If you piss off a Swiss rider, you've done something. Even in competition, Swiss guys are the nicest guys. The most anybody's ever done was Thomas Luthi. When Mark Marquez pissed him off, and after the race, he slapped him on the back of the head. He did. He went across the finish line, and he got mad at him for doing his move, and he literally hit him on the back of the head. Like he slapped him on the back of the helmet. That he was so pissed off at him he stopped on the back of the head and he looked at me like what they go you know what the fuck you just did you know what i mean i love that man so anyway we're gonna have dominica gird on the show um and it's off season for uh motorcycle races this is what i love but coming up uh, for coming up actually i'm gonna have dominica girder this week uh next week's gonna be uh dominique doyle from south africa my first south african rider hopefully i get matthew schultz on i just want to get a, a bevy of riders and by the way the show is not just about motorcycle riders or whatever it's about anybody that inspires that inspires me maybe that inspires you so if you guys want to hit me up my dm or just hit me up on the comments say hey man uh once you put on this person they don't have to be uh athletes they don't have to be, just somebody that inspires me gonna have a matter of fact i'm gonna have a woman on who was in a horrible uh car accident she was uh she was part uh, she's in motorcycle racing actually she was a grid girl now she's uh in the press office and um oh here go i think uh dominic's ready so all right here we go hope he clicks on hope he clicks on yeah oh he's joining here we go here we go here we go yes dom can you hear me hello dom what's up buddy hey how are you man Finally, we talk. Finally, how are you? How are you? I'm very good, and you? I'm doing good. We were, man, we, we messed up on times, but hey, the hell with, fuck it, man, we're here. I'm glad to see you, buddy. Uh, first of all, happy holidays to you. Yeah, I'm good, and uh, yeah, I'm here in Switzerland, rainy, a little bit snowing, but yeah, I'm fine. Hey, what's with the Hollywood sign behind you? What's with the Hollywood sign? Oh, I was one time in Hollywood, so I take something back home. Were you shooting a porno? What were you doing? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I was there for training and holiday. Oh, in the wintertime? Uh, Yeah, I think four or five years ago. And you didn't call me. You never. You don't call me for that. You don't call me when you have your. Dom, you don't have. A, you don't call me when you have your Dominique party. Your party that <laughs> did, at the end of the year. You never call me. I would fly over to Switzerland and be there. And you don't. You be boys, Dom. You. You will be always uh, invited, of course. <laughs> well, you didn't invite me every year. You've had it. You've never invited me, Dom. Every year, you never invited me. I, I'm afraid that you all take all the girls that I have. <laughs> 
<laughs> I take all the girls that you have. So that means you got more than one girl. As a matter of fact, I party with you, Dom. Let me tell you something. When you walk in the building, if you go into a, a party with Dom, let me tell you something. It's over. And you, you might think you're good looking. You walk into a party with this dude. It's done. It's over. Girls go, uh, excuse me, won't be needing needs anymore. And boom. And they're with you. And I, I party with you, man. You're fun at first. And then once the music starts and once you get a couple, a couple of beverages in you, it's over. The girls see you and you go dancing and it is done. But, <laughs> but we've had, we've been friends since what? 2000, 2008. Is it? I think when you first came to Indianapolis, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and it was you and Bradley Smith have always been uh, the guys I've always been friends with, man. And it's been just a good time knowing you, brother. And I was looking over your 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 stats and everything. I didn't realize, man, you've been through so much that I'm, I it, it's understated what you've been through as a rider. And I'm, I'm going to get to that in, in eventually. But I know you start off doing motocross. That That's your starting off, right? When you about five or six, was it? Yeah. Around five, I make my first motocross race, but I was first on a bike with uh, three years old. Really? Yeah. Three years old? Is, is, that, is, that, is that the normal starting time in Switzerland or what? No, in Switzerland, there is not so many motocross or bike racers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, the normal boys, they go to, to um, football or ice hockey or something like this, but they don't do motorbikes. Okay, and, you, and what was it about motorcycles at that age? What was it about motorcycles that kept you? Like, you know, sometimes as a kid, you like something, then you move on to something else, but you stayed with it. What was it? Um, yeah, the passion, and I just love it to, to ride um, the bike, the freedom, the, the sound, and yeah, my, my parents always support me, and uh, yeah, I was always happy to jump on the bike and uh, ride as fast as possible. <laughs> now, growing up in Switzerland, now, like, who were your idols growing up? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know what it's like in Switzerland. I know, like, when I talk to riders from Spain, of course, they have the Spanish riders and American riders had people looked up to. Who did you look up to growing up? Uh, first, uh, always to the person that was faster than me i was always <laughs> looking up to them but when i was a motocross rider uh there was uh michel pichon he was a um, world championship rider in motocross yes and he was always my uh idol and yeah first i was uh trying to get uh to the world championship in in motocross but then with 13 years old i uh swap from dirt bikes to, to road bikes and yeah then was different idols that I look up to. Now why why did you, why did you make that switch? Why did you make that switch? Um it's difficult to say. My my father was always pushing me a little bit to go to the road bikes and um there was a small cup um in Switzerland uh, with 50cc uh motorbikes but when I Ride this uh, championship. I had not so much fun because it was only on uh, karting tracks and slow tracks. But then I went to um, Junior Cup in Germany uh, with a one-two-five in Hockenheim, and uh, this was amazing. When you come first with 13 years old to a track who is nearly 20 meters uh, large and yeah, five kilometers long, uh, this was amazing and. Uh, I feel much more fun on on the road bike then, and yeah, I, I was getting better and better, and yeah, 
still I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> now, when when did you realize that you had something special? Like, okay, you're racing with everybody, and you, I guess you're doing okay, but when did you realize, hey, I'm a little bit better than the rest of these people, or, or this is what I really want to do, and I think I'm better than everybody else at this? When, when, when did you have that realization that I can make a living from this? Um. Yeah, first, first was always a dream to to ride in the world championship, and it was always the goal to to end there. But to really um, live from the for the from the road racing was not so easy. Also, the first years in in one to five in world championship, mm -hmm. uh, I was I was a world championship rider. I was traveling around the world. Uh, was a full time job, uh, but yeah. First, I get some some money really from uh, from the from the racing was in 2011 when I ride uh, the second year in Moto2. Okay, so you uh, you raced 125 first though, right? You got no 125s. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what was your first oh shit moment when you realized oh I'm 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 in with the big boys now? What was your first oh shit moment? Because I asked this to Sean Dylan Kelly, uh, the Amer uh, Moto America rider, and he said when Raul Fernandez went full speed past him going into a turn he went oh shit this is what it's like so when, what was your oh shit moment uh, for you when you hit the world championships um my first uh, wildcard ride was in 2006 uh -huh. in estoril uh, in portugal and already the wow effect was coming when i go with my mother with the camping car to the paddock yeah and we could park near to rossi's um uh camping car yeah so this was already just amazing yeah but then yeah you watched the the riders uh on track like in this time was like um bautista and pesek luti and uh, all these these riders and then on friday morning you was with the one to five two stroke bike there on the on the pit lane and you are already on the red light waiting to get green to go out and yeah this was just yeah like you say it's first you go out you need to learn the track but then all the world championship rider they come pass you <laughs> and yeah this was it's amazing uh, memories that i have there did you have like butterflies did, did you think like oh my god I've, I've arrived. Did you think, hey, I'm just as good as these guys? I mean, what was that feeling that first time when that green light hit to go to FP1 in Portugal and going out on that track? Did you think, whew, or did you think, I'm going to show these guys what the, the Swiss Mafia is made of? <laughs> uh, yeah, on, on this stage, I was a little bit afraid, but I was also quite relaxed because, yeah, I, I just wanted to give my my best and i think yeah they are just human and yeah in the end when they pass me sometimes i say wow uh i i don't know if i can ride so fast so <laughs> uh yeah in the end of the weekend um i get always closer to the to the top guys and i say hey i i can finish with uh, some good riders already now, in 125, what was the race that, that clicked for you where you went, oh, okay, I got this now. Now I'm going to show them what I'm about. Because sometimes it takes riders a while to get it. You know what I mean? Like they're racing and they're fast, but it takes them a while to get it. Like, okay, uh, learn the race craft. So when, when did you learn the race craft in 125? Um, yeah, in 2007, when I make the full season, for me, everything was new. 
uh, all the tracks, all this traveling. I was in an Italian team, so I didn't speak Italian or English. So this was quite difficult the first year to really get into this uh, uh, road racing business. Uh-huh. But then, yeah, 2008 and 9, I, I was in a good team with uh, Ayo. And yeah, uh, in this time I was learning a lot. And also I get my first top 10. And then I was saying, hey, uh, when I continue like this, I can yeah, stand on the podium and can go forward. Io is such an icon in this sport. Everyone who's everyone talks about Io. What is it about that guy that is just magical? It's like he knows talent and he picks it, and everyone is a better rider after they meet him. What is it about him? Uh, sure, he was uh, a rider before, so he know, uh, he can see which riders they are talented. So mm. I'm quite proud to... <laughs> <laughs> For two years, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I didn't finish in the uh, in the championship in front, but I, uh, yeah, uh, as a human, I get more experience. Uh, as a rider, I, I learn a lot, and he gives me a lot of experience. Also in this age, what you have between 17 and 19 uh, on the on my career, and yeah, it's just uh, amazing how he can help the young guys to to improve to get on a good line in the in the end yeah what, what advice did he give you that helped you that you didn't have before you met him like what did, what did he tell you that you're not doing this and you went okay and then you became a better rider uh <laughs> yeah uh, was i think it was many small small things it was about uh on track to how how the riders think uh when to push when to relax uh about the settings about uh talking to the crew chief this this small stuff this helps me always when he talk to me and say hey dummy do this like that or riding style and this was all the small uh effects that he gave me and uh this I, I take all all my career long, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So in one twenty five, like, what is it that we don't see that you see? Like sometimes from the outside looking in, if somebody like me being a wannabe, I've always wanted to be out there. So I'm looking and going, oh, this guy's not. What's wrong with this guy? What is it that we don't see that you guys see? Is it the bike maybe, or is it, or maybe it's the rider? What is it we don't see that you guys see? Help, help us come into the, the mind of a racer. Like I said, as a spectator, I'm sure you hear guys say, oh, this guy's not doing this right, or this guy's not, he's got to have more balls. But, but the little that I do know, and being around this, the sport, I know that there's things we don't understand what's going on. We don't understand, like, maybe uh, the, the, the crew is changing. Uh, maybe uh, you're not getting the, the right advice from, from your crew chief. So what is it we don't see that you see? Uh yeah, there is many, many things you cannot see as a spectator or as a fan or sponsor. Uh, what's, what's really going on on track or in the, in the box uh, with the bike. And we can also not always tell everything to the, to the press. Uh, like what? Like what? what? What can't you tell to the press that you'll get in trouble for? Like what is it you can't say? Because cause we see you guys give the same interviews and you always got the smile. And you're going, he's lying. So what? <laughs> like what is it you can't say to uh, you can't say to the press? Uh, 
for example, when, when the bike have some technical problems uh, or when one uh, mechanic make a mistake uh, to put something wrong in the bike or maybe the suspension or something like this, you cannot really blame the team to say, hey, uh, was not my fault, the team make something shit. And <laughs> yeah, this is just, uh, yeah, you need to give attention that sure the the support what you get from the team that you don't blame them uh that you can always take the the bad things to the right and say okay we had a bad day or i write bad or something like this but you cannot really say ah uh aprilia or honda was not making a good a good x house or a good cylinder or something like this so this is very dangerous to speak this so uh in this in this time yeah we we was always very quiet <laughs> okay so now going into a season what are your goals because sometimes if you get a bike do you realize okay i don't think this bike is going to be a championship winning bike so do you plan your goals according to that or do you go or you go into a season knowing that i have a chance for a championship or going to like okay this bike can't win a championship i'm gonna do the best i can hopefully i'll finish in the top 10 what are always your goals going into a season yeah like you say uh, it's true when you get a bike that you really uh, see that you can win championship like for example, in, in Moto E, everybody had the same same bikes. Um, then you can really think, ah, I can win the championship because it's only the rider who make the difference. But um, for example, in, in my years in Moto 2, from 13 to 15, I, let's say I had one bike that I can win the championship. So my goal was to to really fight for for podiums and this was already in my head all the winter but for example uh last year with emmy augusta or one year before when we make the ktm year with kiefer then we was really um in um we we didn't know what we can expect which result how how the bike will work how the team will work everything so we just needed to start the, the season and then we could uh, adapt our goals to the to the result what we get in the first race and yeah this was a little bit more difficult so it's more easy to think you have the winning bike and you can really fight for the best position now i going in like i say i was looking at uh, uh, you know your bio whatever and I, what I didn't what I didn't realize is you've come through so much adversity. And, and if you don't want to talk about this, I understand. But you went through two losses in racing that were really close to you. You went through the loss of your uh, the team uh, with uh, Kiefer and also your teammate Tamazawa. And it, like I said, if you don't want to talk about it, I totally understand. But I what uh, I'm just going to ask you, what was that like, and how do you get over that? Because it's so sudden, and that, and honestly, I know they say that's racing; and it's part of the. But the fact that it's so sudden, and especially in the Tomazawa case, he's your teammate. You both go out. You're in the same, you know, in the same garage, and then, you know, you go out, and he doesn't come back. And that was a horrible weekend to watch. But what was it like for for to be his teammate on that terrible afternoon? Yeah. Uh... 
to to think back it's it's hard also for me still to think about this uh, situation what happened in in 2010 when when he didn't come back um we was good teammate we was uh, training together and we getting friends because normally as a teammate you get a little bit closer and yeah he was from Japan so he was alone in in French and I was there to train with him so we getting quite close and yeah was was a really special special day and I I will always remember him and I can uh, I get also the opportunity to learn his family in Japan and this was very helpful for me because they they are their culture is uh, quite different so they always say hey uh, keep his smile remembering and yeah just um, very um, nice nice to to see them and they give me also some uh, how how you say strongness to really uh, keep his remember uh, as a good boy and a smiling boy and uh, that I continue racing in a high level with um, no afraid in my back back uh, head I, I i you know he was one of the few people i never met on the grid i met, you know i said hi or, or sorry everybody in the paddock but I, and I always wanted to say hi to him and that affected me so i was like how was it the next week or the rest of the season going in and is, is that in the back of your head or do you clear it out and how do you clear it out how did you come back the next week to go racing and to be focused on what you have to do and, and just clear that out of your head that's the that's the part i want to know like that's got to be so difficult yeah like you say it's it's very difficult uh r- really to keep this um sinking apart that you lost one friend on on the racetrack um but my goal was always to to race and we we know also that racing is dangerous but we are lucky that we can race on racetracks that the safety is very high we have uh, good protection with now with airbag um, leather suite helmet boots gloves and i feel safety when i have this on me and i can ride on world championship tracks and yeah my goal was just to give the best also for the team and also for his family and yeah um when you start to get afraid when you write and you think too much about some um, injuries or something like that then you will not getting fast or you cannot really continue your career Okay, which, uh, yeah, fine, fine. But how about this? How about when you were racing? And this is the part that affected me a lot was in Aragon, I think it was in 2015, when you got basically ran over by Xavier Simeon. And that was the first time I saw you injured. And I was, man, I was beside myself because I looked down and, I, and they had to red flag the race because of you. And that's your first, and that was the first time you were really, really injured, as far as I know, in racing, where you, I don't think you continued for the rest. I think you were out for the rest of the season. And when they red flag and I saw it was you, and I was like, oh my God, that was dumb. And I think, I think I texted you and was like, hey man, you're going to be okay. And that hurt me watching you on the, because you've never been injured before, as far as I know. So then that, those are two years you were injured, like two years in a row, 15 and 16. You went through those injuries. 
And then I think uh, then you do what you know with the career going up and down. You change chassis. What I think I think you went to a uh, a Calix, and I don't think you got uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dom. I don't think. I think you did better with the suitor, I think, better than the Calix. And so you went through a little up and down period. Man, how did you come through that on the on the brighter side? Because that, especially coming through injury, how did you deal with that? Especially being your first time that you really were injured. Yeah, I was really lucky. Uh, touch wood. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, I was really lucky also all my, my racing career until now to really uh, don't get too much injury. Uh, but it started in in this 2015 when I get uh, crashed out by Simeon, and this was also the first time I could not stand up again because normally when I get crashed out, I, the first thing is jump out, jump up, and run to the bike, get the bike, and go back to racing. Right. But on this time, I I try to stand up, and I feel that yeah something is wrong so oh. i couldn't stand up so i say not good and yeah there was i broke my hand and my back so it was oh. a, quite a big injury and yeah it was three three months uh to get back really to to shape but because also was nearly uh yeah it was the winter time i get enough time to really prepare my physical condition again perfect so I was uh, back on 2016 to to racing again. But how? But how scary was? And what is? Uh, what did Simeon say to you? Because I saw when he he crashed and he came over and said something, and you were laying down. Do you remember what he said to you? Uh, no, I I didn't remember what he say. Uh, but uh, the good thing he was coming to the hospital in in Aragon, and he come to say uh, I'm sorry and. Um, yeah, I appreciate that, that uh, he come to, to say really sorry. And yeah, because mistake can happen uh, was the first lap. And yeah, he crashed and uh, he, he crashed into me. So this is also a little bit racing. You need to be also sometimes a little bit lucky. Speaking of luck, this is this is what kills me. Uh, this year, Moto E, you get you win on the Saturday, you take the championship lead. You look great. You were in third. You came in the first. Great move. Last lap. You got the championship lead in Moto E. And the next day, you get taken out. And like you said, you got taken out. But the first thing you did was get up and you ran to your bike. Some people get mad. You ran to your bike. You try to get on. You finished the race. You still were in the championship. And the next week in Le Mans, you got taken out, and the bike fell on you, and you were underneath the bike, and that guy was on you, and you kind of, you weren't being mean, but you kind of pushed him off, and you got on your bike, and you finished the race. You could have easily called it, but you finished the race, and you got a point, and you were still in it to going into the last round of the championship, and obviously, you know what happened. Uh, Torres won it, but man, like, take me through that. Were you Were you pissed? Or did you go, that's racing? What was your mindset when, when you're leading the day before? You basically, as we say here, you went from sugar to shit because you were on top, number one, and then the next day crashed. And so what was your mindset after that, man? Yeah, this was really disappointing. And uh, I was really, really angry because uh, I know there is only 
two, three races to go. Yeah. I had uh, 19 points in front. And <sighs> for sure, also in this second position, what I get crashed out, I I can sure fight for the victory again in, in Misano's race. So, yeah, the first thing when I get crashed out, uh, I was so angry, I, but I jumped to the bike, pick it up, it's 270 kilo. I'm lucky <laughs> that I make some uh, gym work good. Uh, yeah, I continue, but in, in this race, I was not lucky to get any points. And yeah, one week later, uh, the same the same bad thing happened. Uh, and again, Simeon was crashing me out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it with Simeon and you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go talk. You, if you want me to, I'll fly over and I'll, and I'll beat him. If you want me to, if you want me to, I'll, I'll, I'll take his chocolate factory and I'll take all his chocolates and throw them in the ground. I mean, seriously, what is it with, did you piss that guy off? Did you, hey, did you make time with his girlfriend? I mean, what'd you do? Why is he always crashing into you? <laughs> no, but yeah, this was in, in Misano, the, the mistake of the, rider of Marcon uh, was quite mm, quite a big mistake because to overtake in the second lap in this corner that was reckless was much too fast that was reckless that was all his yeah. fault that was re- he went in i watched the race he he that was just reckless i mean did, did he apologize after the race yeah he came but it doesn't help for the championship yeah. points. <laughs> what did you say to him? Did you, did you say, man, get out of my face? Or did you go, did you just say, shook his hand? And I mean, what did you say when he goes, hey, I'm sorry? Did you go, man, whatever. Did you flip him off? What did you do? I mean, did you flip him off and say, you know what? You can get out of my garage right now. Or did you shut the, did you shut the garage door and go, you know, we're going to handle this like men. What did you do? Uh, after after a few, few hours, he, come, he came and uh, I was already a little bit cooled down, luckily, that he need, didn't come after the race immediately. <laughs> But yeah, I just say yeah, you are you are not normal. You are stupid to, to make some <laughs> it's to make some pass like this. And uh, yeah, he he, um, he get it and he say yeah, he make a mistake. He was much too fast and yeah. But you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So when the rest when the year's over, I mean, you go into that last race, seventeen points down. You have a shot. It's a long shot at best. You gave it your all. I, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, Dom. And I, I'm not just saying this because I'm on here. I'm saying it because I know you. And I'm saying it because I wanted you to win so bad. Because you went through so much. I remember being in your... Like I tell everybody, I always apologize to you riders. I know, I know how annoying I am. When I'm on the grid, when I see you on the grid, you got to be all serious. And I'm there going, hey, it's Dom. <laughs> and, you, and it's like, like hey, yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like you see me, you go, oh, God, not this guy. And, you know, you're trying to get serious. I'm like, Dom! <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> And you're like, okay, okay. So it's like I know you, and I want the best for you, man. And, I, you know, you had the chance for that championship. And that last – I'm not going to lie. I was happy for Jody. I mean, I really was. I like Jody Torres. I was happy for him. But, man, I was just so – I ah, it hurt me so bad because you were so close. And I just wanted you to know that, man. It just hurt me. But you know what? You went balls out. You did what you had to do. You, yeah, I think you got. I think you got a podium, or you got fourth. I think you got fourth that last race. Yeah, and you, you did the best job. And how did it feel though when you came in and you knew it just it just didn't work? I mean, what was that feeling like? What, what did it was it a sense of accomplishment because you finished the race, you did the best you could, and it really wasn't your fault. Nothing really was your fault. That's it was. And then even though Marcon did what he did, it's still racing. Did you walk away with a sense of satisfaction? What was that like? No, I, I didn't have any satisfaction because I was 
coming to to Le Mans and I had some points behind, but I was you were two. <laughs> I was two points, so I was nearly sure that I can win still this championship. And uh, yeah, uh, after after Saturday, already the the emotion was quite high because I get again crashed out, and there was. Uh, in Moto E, you need to start on this position that you finish on the first race. So I needed to start in the last row. So the chances to really win the race and that Torres and Ferrari finish uh, out of top 10 was uh, was nearly impossible. But I, I didn't give up. So you didn't. Yeah, there was just these seven laps to, to, to race. So I, there was not enough time to really finish more in front. And yeah, to finish the, the championship in third place is uh, disappointing because first that two times I get crashed out and in this race that I finish, I finish on the podium and there is only seven race. So it's short championship. And the second, second um, thing is also that I have uh, equal points than Ferrari, so I'm in the third position and not in the second position. So this is quite disappointing. Man, I but I want you to know, man, I felt that with you. I really did. I man, I but like you said, you did you never gave up. When you crashed, you could have gave up when it, when that bike was laying on you and you skidded off, you could have called it, but you got up, you got on that bike, and man, you finished like a fucking champion, bro. <laughs> so enough of this negative shit. Let's talk about the good shit that's going on. Because you honestly, for 2020, the way it was, the way it was going, you know, it looked like you didn't have a ride, and then you got Moto E, and then you got a couple of and then you got a wild card. And then coming into what, 2021, you didn't know what was going to happen. And then you sign with one of the best teams in world super sport. You'll be with uh, uh, 10K uh, Yamaha, right? Yeah. Going in world super sport. So you got to be feeling gr- <laughs> There you go. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Represent Yamaha, that team. Yamaha. Represent that team, baby. Yeah. So how do you feel going into 2021 knowing you didn't have a ride, you didn't know what your future was like, and now you're one of the best teams, world super sport, and now you're going to show them what the Swiss mafia is all about, baby. How do you feel going into 2021? What's your feeling like? Yeah, I'm. I'm very proud to to join this team. Uh, like you say, they are one of the best team in in World Supersport. They had uh, ten titles, nine time in World Supersport, one time in World Superbike, and yeah, like you see, I'm very proud to wear the jacket of of Yamaha. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after uh, some difficult years, this is very good opportunity, really, to to show again my potential. And yeah. Um, beside Moto E, I can ride another championship because Moto E will be a, again uh, seven races, but in one wall rear is not so much. So this is good that I can ride in World Supersport to really uh, keep my level up. So basically, you have a chance to be a two-time world champion in Moto E and World Supersport. So if you pull that off, if you pull that, I'm not saying no. When you pull that off, when you pull that off, you will be the first winner of Moto E and World Supersport to be a world champion. You can be a two-time world champion in one year. That's what you're going to do, Dom. 
I for sure I will try, but then you need to come to my dummy fight the party. If, if you do that, you better invite me to your dummy party, and you better have a Swiss woman ready for me with some cheese, a Swiss Army knife, and, and yeah, some, some chocolate. chocolate and, no. You better invite me to that party. If you pull that off, I want to be invitation to that party. You understand? <laughs> I understand you. <laughs> right, so, do you, how 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 confident are you that you can be a, a, a title contender going through your first year? Um, I like we talked before. Um, we was telling, speaking about uh, to get uh, the good material to have a winning bike. So, I see that the team is a winning team. Um, they. In the last two years, they was uh, not riding in super sport, and before they was on Honda. Now they are on uh, R6 Yamaha. Mm -hmm. But I was uh, in Holland to watch um, their workshop and uh, the team, and this gives me already a lot of confidence. And yeah, uh, I don't want to make uh, too much pressure, <laughs> but I I think that I can fight in in the. Um, top position for podiums and when I can uh, make this over the year maybe close to the end I can uh, speak to you more and <laughs> tell you if I'm a title contender or not we're gonna have another podcast you're gonna be on time I'm gonna be on time and when I do you're gonna be a world champion and I'm gonna be at your party and you know what I want from you I want I'm gonna say it right now I want you to send me one of your helmets with the Swiss with the Swiss flag on that's what I want from you <laughs> that's what I want I want I want you to send me one of your helmets with the Swiss flag on it that's what I want from you this is a nice Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> you send me a, you send one of your helmets, and I'll send you one of the American girls over the over there. Do you have like that? I'll send okay, you. Maybe we can make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you an American girl, American California girl. How about that, American California girl? Ah, that sounds very good. <laughs> maybe I can send you two helmets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's your, who's your celebrity crush? Who's your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush? Yeah, like uh, what woman, like a, like a, a movie star or whatever that you go, oh, like who, like who makes you go, oh, oh, yeah, who? Uh, hmm. Scarlett, Fox? Scarlett Johansson? Who? Megan Fox? Yeah. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'll make some phone calls. You make some phone calls. <laughs> I'll make some phone calls. I'll send Megan Fox over and you send the okay. helmet over. How about that? Yeah, good deal. Hey man, listen. I, I got to get out of here, but before I do, a couple quick questions. I know in the in in the uh, in the Suzuka eight and uh, you fit you raced with Noriyuka Haga. What was that like? Oh, Amazing because I ride with so many good riders there. Was just uh, I experienced that uh, you, as a normal human, you cannot really get this. Um, and also, we get on the podium there, and for the Japanese, for all the manufacturer, it's a it's a big big race there. And yeah, I I was riding with Haka, was in the same team with uh, Kevin Schwanz. With uh, Casey Stoner, with Chuck Miller, with Espagaro, Smith, all, all this kind of rider. Uh, I raced 
uh, together and was just amazing to to fight with them in in uh, eight hour race was a uh, amazing experience and it's a big shame that this year there was no race oh, no. Uh, over there who who's been your favorite uh teammate over the years your favorite teammate over the years um if you had to pick uh, there was many because I ride already so many years. <laughs> I know, I know. You're 30 now. Yeah. Man, you're getting up there, Dom. You still look, you don't look a day over 22. You look good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult question because I had many good uh, teammates. Um, like Timelio when he got world champion. Uh, Sufoklu. Oh, Keenan. Yeah, a special, a special uh, teammate, but he was uh, mentally much different than everybody else. In what way, though? In what way was Keenan? Because Keenan was an animal, man. What, what way mentally was he different? Um, like, he was not working so much. He just um, worked after the practice to speak with the crew chief and with the data guy and the suspension guy about 50 minutes, and then... After the practice is finished, he changed and he go back to the hotel. And yeah, about the praying stuff, it's also something very special that he pray three, four times per day. And uh, he was not speaking much, but when he get on track or he was, yeah, like you say, an animal. But then when you will ask him some question, he was very open to help you, to give you some information, to tell what he feel on the bike and yeah this was um nice to to get but yeah like 15 years i had many many teammates so uh, a lot a lot a lot good guys i never had uh, bad guys and uh, i always could take some some uh, experience of the riders to to help uh, on my side and yeah, I was always open to to share the data or to make some sport together, right. and it's also very important to to have a good uh, atmosphere in in the team. Dom, we gotta get ready to get out of here. I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. I want one word answers. Okay, be honest. Okay, okay. Right, here we go. What 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 country has the, Not the most question? What before. country has the most beautiful girls? Who has the most beautiful girls? Of all the countries, you've been to Spain, you've been to Germany, you've been to your own country, Switzerland, you've been to the United yes. States. Yes. Who has the most yes. beautiful girls? Yes. <laughs> all you say. <laughs> no. Um, Dami knows no uh, ugly girls. <laughs> no, it was a big shame that this year we could not have any umbrella girls in our paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would say that. <laughs> but let's say, yeah. Spain, Italy, and Czech. I said one, Dom. You can't pick three. I said <laughs> one country. One. One country. Okay, Brazilian. Brazilian. We didn't even go to Brazil. We didn't even go. <laughs> Y'all don't even go to Brazil. <laughs> oh, Ar Argentina one. Argentina. Okay. <laughs> okay, I just in my head. Okay. Okay, one more question before we get. I'm really running late. I got to go. But one more question. In 2021... What place will you finish in World Supersport? In the world in the world championship at the what number one? 
Number one. I'm a hold. I can only say one. No? There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that, Dom. I'm gonna hold you to that. Listen. We're going to do a part two from this interview. We're going to do it later on in the year, after the season, maybe during the season. But, man, I, I know you had to come and do this for me, and we missed up on a time that was my fault. But thank you so much for your time. Sorry. Have a, no, that was my fault. Have a good Christmas, buddy. Thank you so much. Stay healthy. Stay, stay well. And, my friend, I will work on Megan Fox. You work on my helmet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, man, I wish you the best, Dom. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I wish you the best. We've been friends since 2008. Let's continue to be friends, buddy. Stay safe, and I wish you nothing but the best, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, for your nice questions, and I wish you also a good Christmas. And, yeah, I hope next time uh, we can speak again about <laughs> some good questions and good stories. <laughs> good story. Thank you so much, Dom. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching Tales from a Gemini with my buddy from the Swiss, Moth- Swiss Mafia, Mr. Dominic Gerder. And until next time, like I always say around this time, Bye. <laughs>